A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, or should I say hello, World Game Changers, wherever you are. Today, I've got a fascinating guest, an absolutely fascinating guest. I've had the uh, the benefit, the pleasure of having one or two close-up personal chats with this young lady, and uh, she's from my native UK originally, and now in Spain. And uh, the lady in question is Pixie Delaney, affectionately known as Pixie Zoe. Pixie, a very, very warm welcome <laughs> to you. Thank you, Paul, my darling. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. And um, what we thought we'd talk about today, listeners, is um, well, we thought we'd have a conversation about nothing. Because really, well, I'm going to leave the punchline right until the end. We're, you know, we'll leave that other <laughs> bit till the end. That's uh, not but a good I'm, idea. <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure throughout this fascinating dance, as I call it, this conversation about nothing. Well, let's just see what happens. That's, that's enough intro, listeners. That's enough. That's enough talking. Pixie Zoe, where do we even start with this? A conversation around nothing. Well, um, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I... we can talk about anything and everything, really, can't we? Yeah, okay. So here's one. Anything then. and everything. Anything goes. Right, okay. So let's let's start a starter for 10 then listeners time love or money which matters most oh love definitely love for me always love why why does it matter the most i can't really even explain that it just does you know for me yes time is important but time is an illusion all right so Mm. we've only got the present moment so you can't really promise your time to anybody what else did we say money yes money's up there with oxygen you need it to survive money gives you choices money's very nice but again it's not for me it's always has to be love you know coming from that place of love unconditionally for yourself and then you know radiating that out to others definitely for me what about you well time love and money I mean listeners you've heard this thread of conversation because it, it runs through the heart of life doesn't it you know, there's, there's no coincidence that, you know, this theme's raising its head time and time and time again. So let's have a look at them because uh, we can come at this from different angles. And obviously with Pixie's O, she'll, you know, she might have one or two uh, different insights on it. But let's start with the old one, time. Well, the reality is there are 86,400 moments in every single day. They're called seconds. 86,400. We've all got the same, no matter whether we're young, old, black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, we have all got 86,400 moments or seconds in every day. And like all currency, it's up to us to choose how we spend it. And people say, I don't have a choice. Paul, you don't understand. I've got six kids, two mortgages, my partner's left me. The cats just had kittens. The goldfish has died. You haven't got a clue about my life. No, I haven't. But I know there's 86,400 moments. 
and a bit like money itself, you can either spend it wastefully or you can spend it efficiently. Let's use the word efficiently. It's up to you. So let's park the money one. So, uh, sorry, let's park the time one. Time, money, love. Money. Okay, money. As you say... I'm, I'm literally exhausted hearing how many seconds there are in a day. How many moments, <laughs> should I say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you put it in that context, it's, it's actually quite... Well, I don't know what it is. It's, I suppose, for the individual to decide what it is. But some people get over overwhelmed by that. Wow, all those moments in a day. Because isn't it true? We kind of just get his head down and, you know, and carry on regardless, don't we? We don't really stop and think and we get carried away on this situation or that situation. And we just do, 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 do. And I suppose the contrast of that is being where we come away from the doing and go into reflection, meditation, pause, and just think about, mm. and I, you know, I, I can use the phrase about myself. I won't be disparaging towards anyone else. And I'm very mindful of not being disparaging to myself, but I think it's fair to say that uh, I have been a busy fool in the past, wasting a lot of those seconds and a lot of those years, but that is called learning. And no amount of money can buy learning. So, okay, let's go on to the, the money one then. Money. Okay, like you say, pigs is out. It's an energy. It's like oxygen. We kind of need it. Um, I say kind of. You know, I've many, many times said that actually, for the sake of love, I would live in a tent in a field um, and survive because I think love is the ultimate oxygen, is the ultimate power, and the rest is just stuff. And I always put this into context to put love at the top of the, the, uh, the tree, so to speak. When you look at the music industry, and I, I personally absolutely love music, particularly ballads, love ballads. And when you look at the music industry and how many records are made around money so let me ask you pixie zone give me a song off the top of some title off the top of your head that's related to money if you can think of one money makes the world go round is that the title of the song yes money i think the i think is, there is one it? yeah there is, is it one the title yeah. or the chorus i'm not sure <laughs> but either way either way i mean the one that comes readily to mind with me listeners is abba's money 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 um, Funny in a rich man's world. In a rich man's world. The point is, isn't it interesting how I wouldn't say we've struggled there, Pixies. Are. We haven't struggled, but it didn't for you or me naturally flow off the tongue, did it? No. Right. Okay. So let me ask the same question now. Give me, off the top of your head, a song, a couple of song titles around love. I will always love you, Whitney Houston, one of my faves. Yeah, okay. Um, and embarrassingly, there are millions and I can't think of one. <laughs> but um, yeah, Love Me Do, The Beatles, um, True Love's a Many Splendid, True Love's a Many Splendid Thing, um, Love Story, Andy Williams. I mean, the list goes Love's on. all around. Where, where, where? You've got me going now, Paul. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into my music bank. 
Now, the point of that simple bit of fun, you know, that, uh, that flirt with fun, as I call it, is this. The music industry is a multi-billion pound industry and it makes a lot of money out of love songs. I mean, it makes a lot of money out of music and records. I don't know what the exact, exact stats are, but I can wager that they are very, very, very significantly higher around love songs than they are around songs around money. That's just one small example. Song, right? I think everybody loves to be in love. Everybody loves a love song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, well, is everybody the right way? I mean, that's a good statement. Stroke question, Pixies of everybody. I tell you what, let, let's dance on that question. Does everybody, <laughs> is everybody the right word there? I ask it as a question, not offer it as a statement. Well, from my level of perception, everybody loves a love song because I love love songs. How about yeah. that one? And yeah, I love yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think... Oh, I love to love. That song, I love to love. There's another one. Tina Charles. Um, but Yes, love it. The reason I asked that question is this. I think there, and I spent many years in this space myself where I didn't love myself and I didn't love love because I didn't know what it was. Actually, it's not strictly true because I had been shown a lot of love um, from particularly women folk um, in, in my upbringing and then in later life with girlfriends and uh, what have you. So, but I think when your world's challenged and you are, inverted commas, busy surviving, you can soon lose sight of it, can't you? You can soon, what's the old saying, Pixies out, life gets in the way. Doesn't it? For actually, just bringing me back to when you said about all of these moments, I can't remember how many seconds there are in a day. I was like, wow, never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, 86,400. Yeah, it does get, you know, life does get in the way. Um, it, it's so easy to make an excuse not to be doing something like you, you know, touched on earlier when mm. people say, I don't have the time. You know, this happened, that happened. I, I never get the time. You don't understand, you know. And we all do have the same amount of time. But I do think, though, with um, <clears throat> love songs, even though life can get in the way sometimes, I will say, even if it's bringing up a sad memory, there's still some sort of a connection to love songs for everybody. Mm, <laughs> Whether it's making them feel happy and in love or sad because it's something that they feel that they've lost. Mm. You know? So, a tearjerker, will I call it? A tearjerker, Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we really are kind of on the nostalgic dance floor now, listeners. We really are. Um, so I'm going to listen to some love songs in a little while. <laughs> and a box of Kleenex tissues inside of you. Um, yeah. So yeah. Here's, here's a question then. What's your number one favourite love song of all time? Because we've all got a song, haven't we? Or a, a small group of songs that, that spark us emotion in listeners, that reach us, that evoke those memories. And the, the point of that, really, of bringing that up is not just to, you know, to find out what uh, Pixie Zoe's um, favourite record is, although, you know, that kind of intrigues me. But more importantly, it's how something can trigger something within us that can take us down a certain path. And music is immensely powerful for that. So going back to yours, Pixie Zoe, what would be your favourite maybe your favourite three, because isn't it true that maybe the number one changes depending what mood we're in? My, I've got three. 
Um, and I could give you a different answer depending what state I'm in at any given moment in time. Mine are, so mine, well, I don't know, would I call it a love song? It's about love. Now that we found love by the third world, I absolutely love that song, the reggae version. And um, now that we've found love, what are we going to do within? Like when you find love, what do you do? Because I, it, it brings it back to actually, it was played at my dad's funeral and he absolutely loved that song. And it was like, for me, I've always loved that song since I was a little girl. But for me, it, it gives that memory of my dad being that lost soul who so many people loved him. But because of the way he, you know, experienced and saw life, that even when he had love, he seemed to kind of do something to sabotage or destroy, you know, that, you know, the love of inside of him and, and love that others were giving him. So I love that song. So it is about love, but in a bit of a different way for me, like you say, depending on what mood mm. you're in. My other two favorite love songs, <laughs> my cheesy 80s pop classic, The Look of Love by ABC. <laughs> May not be a ballad, but it's still about love. That is my uh, dancing at my uh, cousin's kitchen disco um, after a glass of wine, which is very occasional for me. <laughs> I only like drink twice a year, but um, that's my, um, <clears throat> what will you call it? My party piece when I'm dancing around the kitchen at five o'clock in the morning, The Look of Love by ABC. And what else? Um, what will be my third song? <clears throat> Probably I Will Love You by Whitney Houston because I've just always loved that since I was very, very young. I think that was the first really powerful ballad that I heard when I was younger. And I was mad about Whitney Houston. I absolutely loved her, even though I can't sing. I like just used to get up and sing Whitney on karaoke. That was one of my karaoke songs. It didn't sound too good, but it didn't matter anyway, does it? Because nothing really matters. Nothing really matters. I enjoyed singing it and it made me feel love at the time. Mm. Mm. But yeah, they're my, um, I haven't really got any love songs related to relationships other than like really that song about love that I, you know, I associate with my dad. Um, yeah, there's probably loads. But it's like digging into the vault. But my three, that would be my favourite three, I would say. Interesting. Interesting. My three. My third is USA, USA for Africa, 94. That, um, there comes a time. Have to give me a little, uh, a little when scene. When we heed a certain call and the world must come together as one. There are people dying. Oh, it's time to lend a hand. You know the truth is love is all we need. And it was the one that had Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, Diana Ross, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. Oh, I do remember. <coughs> was that a Band-Aid song? Uh, Band-Aid, well, Band-Aid was the Geldof version. It was USA. Uh, for oh, Africa, okay. but similar kind of thing. Yeah, I know. I know the song you mean. Yeah. When you started singing it with that beautiful voice, obviously I knew what it was. Pixies, <laughs> you say all the right things. So I know I can't help it. I'm feeling <laughs> the love vibe right now, babe. I'm feeling the love. So that I'm feeling my, in the love. <laughs> that would be my third, and that's listeners because it's very general. Because I think love is 
I mean, we're all, we all, we all, now I'm saying generalizing, most of us have love for the world, you know, whether it's our dog, our cat, the neighbor, people in general, life in general. Uh, and so that reflects my general approach to love. And now I start in my number two to get a bit more specific and it's foreigners. I want to know what love is. I was actually listening to that earlier on Spotify when I was jogging. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the reason for that, listeners, is that not only is that general, because I think so many of us have asked ourselves that question. I want to know what love is. I've been hurt. I'll never, you know, I'll never find love again and all this kind of stuff, mainly from a romantic point of view, uh, but also from a general point of view. So it's a kind of, you know, the filling in the sandwich, so to speak. When you listen to the power of the ballad and the, the lyrics, I, it really does shift me. But my number one, generally of all time, is, is now getting specific to me when Dame Shirley Bassey belted out that, iconic classic this is my life now then Shirley Bassey had a very challenging upbringing um, in Tiger Bay in, in Wales and um, there's a lot of emotion and power in her songs and this particular one this is my life where she said I don't give a damn for lost emotions I have such a lot of love I've got to give let me live let me live in other words what she's saying is no matter what you do to me, world, you can't strip me bare of my love because I'm going to get back up and I'm just going to love and I'm going to find love and I'm going to give love. And the rest of you that don't want to play that to go somewhere else or words to that effect. So that's they're my th three very different ones. But that is very powerful, though, isn't it? The words there, they really are. Hmm. And, you know, those, for me, Pixies, though, have been developed over years because, I mean, from a, from a child, um, you know, music has been, sport, well, particularly football and music have been immensely influential in my life. And I know in so many other people's lives around the world, you know, with world game changes, speaking to people on this podcast alone, you know, there's the books that we do as well, the private conversations we have. And it's amazing how much people share. And, but there's usually a common core of things. And the, that core is usually love. And then there's a sprinkling of other things like our pets, music, sport, education, all these other things. Um, relationships are very strong in there as well as a thread. So, yeah. And what we said, listeners, you know... I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you, sorry, for one second. I don't know if you can hear me, but my dog's snoring really loudly. <laughs> Seeing as we touched on dog. Can you hear him? I can't, but um, <laughs> Cad Cadbury's name is, isn't it? Cadbury. Thanks, Cadbury, yeah. He's fast yeah. asleep snoring. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt then. No, I just no problem at all. And isn't that... Isn't a regular that, guest. Isn't that a case <laughs> in point, listeners, where... You know, our animals, and, and I feel very, I've said this many times before, I don't feel actually, it doesn't feel right to call a beautiful soul an animal. It's, you know, I've yet to come up with a description of, you know, to communicate, you know, like when Pixie's own said there, you know, my dog, we straight away know what she's referring to. But for me, 
it's, it, it doesn't sound right to call a beautiful soul a dog. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I need soul to... Doggy. My soul doggy. Yeah, yeah. So we've touched on love. We've touched on time. We've touched on money. It's an overwhelming one, isn't it? Or, or is it, listeners? You know, yet again, this question raises its head. Time, love or money, which matters most? Well, I'll, at the risk of repeating and sounding predictable and boring, love, 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 love. And at the top of that tree, self-love. What does self-love mean to you, Pixie Zoe? Well, it's um, quite an interesting one you asking me this, because for many, many years, you know, I've been, um, because I was into a lot of, as I say, holistic practices, you know, being a meditation, yoga teacher and so on. Self-love when I was younger, uh, as I saw, was, you know, women having facials and getting their nails done. And then as I kind of, you know, grew into adulthood and I started getting into these, you know, sort of holistic practices, for me, self-love was kind of um, my yoga, my meditation. It more, it, 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 it turned from external things, treating myself. Oh, I'm looking after myself. I'm loving myself. I had no idea what that meant. And then as I got a bit older, it became what I was doing for, you know, my mind, my holistic practices, or, you know, my health, my fitness, how I look after myself, like, you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically. But for me now, this is really very, <clears throat> it was a very um, defining moment for me when I realized a couple of years ago that I had not been loving myself my whole life, you know, and I, it, before it was kind of, it was something materialistic was loving myself when I was younger, then it became, oh, what I'm doing to myself, you know, I'm this, I'm this pillar of peace and my body is my temple and my mind. But a couple of years ago, I had this real big self-realization that I hadn't been living in my truth my whole life. So for me now, living in a place of, you know, staying in alignment for me and my version, you know, my perception here of unconditional love is always living in my truth. Nothing else means anything other than living in my truth. If there's a challenging situation, it's not about causing an argument. You know, I had a few of these over the last week or so with my parents. It's not about, um, you know, arguing or anything like that at all. But it was about, you know, having, even when it made me feel very uncomfortable, I had to speak my truth in the situation, albeit very nice and calm and politely and, you know, keeping it nice and uh, peaceful. But it felt very uncomfortable for me. It's very uncomfortable to, to, like be uh, you know in complete truthfulness and honesty you know and be authentic with yourself because it was something that I struggled with my whole life because I always got taught that you know I shouldn't say something if it will upset or offend another I shouldn't tell someone I'm going to do this or maybe I just shouldn't even go and do it because somebody else won't like it but for me my form of unconditional love that, that I practice today, that I know for me is the ultimate, is living in my truth. No matter what anyone says or does, I have to be truthful to myself, you know? And, and this is in all situations, whether it be the path that I'm on in life, when somebody asks me a question, and, and it's about when I feel uncomfortable, 
holding that ground for myself. No, I have to be truthful, not with just other people, but it, it's that it's that truth with myself, that honesty with myself. And that for me is it is now my unconditional love. You know, I love and care about myself enough to do the things that are right for me, regardless of how uncomfortable it a lot of the time can make me feel. Because I, you know, I'll be 40 next month and pretty much for 39 years of my life, I found it very hard to be honest around certain people through fear of upsetting them or, you know, and when you get into a lot of what I call holistic and as we say, spiritual practices, you get taught to, um, you know, there's a degree of, yes, we all must let things go. Things that don't serve us, we have to let them go. We shouldn't hold on to anything because as we say, nothing really matters. But there is that form of, um, you know, I always, as I got into those sort of practices, it became more that you were expected if you were, as we call it, a spiritual person that, you know, whatever's going on around you, just, you know, don't say anything, don't do anything, just allow everyone. And yes, everyone should be allowed to be as they wish to be. But there was a degree of me being told which I believe for a long time that that I should if speaking my truth would be you know the ripple effect to someone else feeling uncomfortable or me having an uncomfortable conversation with them that I shouldn't do so so that's developed into something completely different for me very very recently over the last one to two years unconditional love for me is no matter what is going on in my life in any given moment that I am being truthful and honest with myself. And that is the highest form of self-love that I've ever practiced because mm. for my whole life, I just, you know, realized that my whole life was really based upon, you know, my past traumas, my expectations that others had set me, that I'd set myself, you know, albeit, you know, it, it's now I'm unbecoming all those things that I shouldn't have been in life based upon, yes, your experiences, you know, form who you are. But for me now, always being honest in every moment, no matter how uncomfortable I am, because it's not nice to feel uncomfortable, is it? But, you know, that that for me is is honesty and living in truthfulness, no matter what. And that is now for me how I practice self-love because I feel like I'm living in alignment with <clears throat> who I really am, you know, my, my purpose and what is really important to me. So I've got a very uh, different understanding of what that is these days. Mm. Wow. Just there's, there's a number of things to, um, to pick out there. One of them is um, rightly or wrongly. I mean, you, you used the word earlier on perception and the perception that, you know, yet again, listeners, a massive generalization that within the spiritual world, it's all woo woo and soft and fluffy. Well, you know, it was one that, um, how can I, you know, I, I don't like labels, as you know, I don't kind of resonate with labels. Um, however, if, if, if we put that label on myself as a spiritual person, I am certainly not woo-woo. I will stand my ground. I will call out where I see injustice, prejudice. I will very much hold that very strong masculine space and do 
you know, within reason and sometimes, well, depending on what the situation is, but I will definitely use that springboard of heartfeltness of love as, as a basis for, as you call it, speaking your truth. Not from a point of view of being significant or selfish or arrogant or, you know, anything other than that. This is my truth. And I do not agree with that. So please don't, you know, and I've had this conversation many times, actually said to people, don't force your views on me, please. As you say earlier on, you do it in a, you know, a respectful, a loving way, but you set boundaries. And I think that's, there's this misunderstanding that people that, you know, use a label or bandy around the word spiritual, that they are, their heads in the clouds, they like some, I suppose, reincarnation of 60s hippies and, you know, that kind of thing. And I've certainly had that thread of conversation, Pixies, on more than one occasion, more than one occasion. And listeners, you know, just to give this some real uh, context, yet again, at the risk of being slightly self-indulgent here, the choice I had from coming from gang culture, violence, addiction, was fear versus love a very very black and white polarized choice fear versus love but choose wisely because you can only serve one master in fact the reality is you don't serve that master you walk hand in hand and that is love so i just wanted to i mean there was many things you said there pixies though that uh, was interesting but i think that one was for me the one that uh, yeah just, I just wanted to see. Oh, I'm really that actually out. glad that, that you that you uh, brought up that point there because, like I said, when I first got into now, you know, I, 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 I'm a highly spiritual person, but when I kind of first found, as I call it, the you know, as in quote here, the spiritual life for me, it was because I had been through a lot of trauma, and then I met a load of people that like, oh, we're all good. They were like pretend spirituals, I call them, but these were the people that I kind of seemed to find at the time, you know. You attract your tribe, as they say, um, you know, with the energy where you're, where you're at, you know, in space and time. And uh, there were a lot of people that, um, you know, weren't really living in truthfulness and authenticity at the time. But but it was like, oh, no, you just have to be kumbaya and everything's lovely and wonderful and take no notice of anything. And But if there is an injustice, you know, like you say, or something that needs attention that isn't right and it's wrong, you know, you, 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 might, you must speak with truthfulness. And that was something that I was taught from a very young age. I shouldn't say anything. Mm. I shouldn't say anything. So my whole life, really, I didn't have a voice. So having a voice now for me is, you know, and in the nicest possible way, um, it is, is, yeah, my, for me, really loving myself unconditionally. And, mm. and you know, showing other people that side of me, hopefully, you know, leading by example of, you know, what it means to me and how it can really empower and help other people transform their lives by living in their truth. So the other thing that was coming through as you were speaking there was those three immortal words, let it go. And I think there's often a misunderstanding around what does that mean? Does it mean you turn a blind eye? Does it mean you, you avoid conflict? No, it doesn't. It means speaking your truth clearly, assertively, lovingly, 
and then not be becoming victim or prisoner to the implications thereof. It's like letting it go. I've stated my case and, and that's it. And if we have to agree to disagree, that's fine. Uh, but it's about those healthy boundaries, those respectful boundaries from a place of love, but then letting it go rather than, well, I didn't win that argument and this is really peeving me because I did, and I should have won that argument because who does who does he or she think they are? How dare they say that to me? And where did they get that ridiculous thought or opinion from? They're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. And then we have that conversation the day after and the week after and the month after and the year after. Well, there's only one person we're harming there, and that's ourselves. Because 99 times out of 100, the other person's just moved on and forgot all about it. So <laughs> you know, that's the power of letting go. Speak it, assert it, and then move on, let it go. And that's, you know, the more you can, or the less you can spend of those 86,400 moments doing that. So if you can do it in a moment, just think. So what's 86,400 minus one moment? 86,399 moments still left, because you've only took one moment to get rid of that. For me, for me I, I probably spent about 20 years on one particular situation. But, um, oh yeah, I think I was pretty similar. <laughs> they call that <laughs> but as, we, as we discussed the other day, you know, catching it quickly. If something mm. comes up and it, you know, it, it's creating conflict inside of you, it's not about the, the other people. It's about you know holding on to these thoughts past the moment they've happened and they've you know it's kind of been dealt with. You've acknowledged it. You've you've spoken your truth in these situations you do have to let it go because if you don't, the only person it harms is you, you know? Mm. And then that isn't an act of self-love, is it? By any means, because no. you can be angry, you can be resentful, you can be upset, you can be pissed off, you know, let's just think of every possible negative thought and emotion possible and you can just put it all in together and just keep that inside of you. And there we go, we, you know, set a little bit more programming for uh, the rest of our lives if we don't catch it and let it go kind of thing. Mm. So, coming towards the end of the dance now, Pixies, I want to ask you a big question at the end, as I do with guests always. But before I do that, I want to invite you in to share your contact details, how listeners can reach out, find out more about you, connect with you if you so wish. So, what's the best way to do that? Oh, okay. So, what I would do is I will share a link. I've got my website. I can share a link with you at the end of this call. And uh, yeah, and over social media, I'm Pixie Delaney. If anyone wants to uh, come and give me a follow and connect with me, that would be fantastic. And I will share my website with you. That'd be fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Great stuff. Are they, uh, that link, listeners, as ever, will be in the uh, in Pixie's uh, bio and in, in, in the show notes. So, okay, drum roll, drum roll, the big question. So we've had a, a fascinating dance, I feel. I hope you feel that as well, listeners. Oh, I've so enjoyed it. I've loved it. <laughs> You know, we've done a bit of serenading and uh, we've been, you know, as it's not, you know, it's, it's a first one. So you might call it general. We've kind of been all over the metaphoric dance floor um, and a conversation about nothing. So let's try and make that a conversation about something. So just leave us, Pixie Zoe, with a piece of an insight, a piece of advice, call it what you will that we can take away with us 
that uh, we maybe change that title into a conversation about something. What would that something be? What would that one piece of advice, what would it be? As we've said throughout, you know, for me, we had a conversation, didn't we, a few days ago. And you said, well, what would you call this? And I said, well, nothing really matters. He was like, hmm, not a bad name because nothing actually really does matter. So, you know, for me, it's when we realize that stuff from the past, it's kind of, yes, you hold on to happy, beautiful memories. But if there's something that isn't serving you, you know, don't let it stay inside. It, it doesn't really matter. You have to, when you realize nothing really matters other than the present moment, which, you know, we're in right now, not, nothing, it's almost like nothing can get in, nothing can destroy your peace if you just have that concept, nothing really matters. Mm, you know? that... Or if there's something that you want so desperately and you're like, I will never be happy until I get that I need to achieve that. You know, happiness is the journey on the way to achieving the goal. Mm. And then you realize nothing really matters that much, whether you really want it or it's something that you really can't stand and you hate and you don't want it. It's that making it matter so much that 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 makes you hold on to it, um, you know, and for me in a negative way. So, yeah, nothing really matters. So three very, very simple but powerful words, listeners. Nothing really matters. And I want to hold it there deliberately because that for me, nothing really matters is a very, very, very powerful title for a follow-on podcast episode between the delightful Pixie Zoe on the World Game Changers podcast. And I'm going to leave it there. Pixie Zoe, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. It was amazing, as always. A pleasure. And all that remains now, listeners, is to sign off the way I always do by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?